Welcome to a dialogue on accountability in the digital age. A dialogue with a global multi-stakeholder community representing national and local governments, international policymakers, civil society, NGOs, the ICT industry, as well as other relevant organizations and institutes. Welcome, I'm your host Fritz Bussemaker and today I'm delighted and privileged to have a conversation with Joel Castex. Joel, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much, Fritz. I'm really happy to be here. Allow me to introduce Joel. Uh, she's a leading global expert, author, and keynote speaker for survivors of child sexual assault and institutional cover-up. Uh, a founding member and the board of directors of the Zero Abuse Project, where she helped launch Zero Abuse AI. And she furthermore is the chief content officer of something which was recently launched, Spot the Line. Now, we're going to have a conversation on technology and how technology is going to be used to do good. Uh, Joel, I have to ask you, um, you are a global leading expert and, uh, well, unfortunately, you have a front row seat uh, in that experience. Um, are you able, willing to share us a little bit on that background and how, how you got into where we are today? Of course. Um, I'm a survivor of child sexual abuse in the Catholic Church. I was sexually abused as a young teenager. And um, like many survivors, there was a, a big institutional cover up at my high school and at the local Catholic diocese. And I struggled for a long time with that because that puts a lot of shame and a lot of guilt on the survivor and the onus of responsibility. And um, through the healing process, I had to, to make a real decision in my life. You know, am I going to just be a victim in all this or am I going to sur survive it and thrive through it? And that's what I decided to do. And so um, when I came forward publicly and began acting as a spokesperson for those who didn't have a voice, I realized over the course of time, the very important role that technology is playing in the intervention, because I, I realize that for me in my own case, and in the case of the thousands of survivors with whom I've worked, that all it would have taken is intervention by one person, one adult, one administrator, one peer, you know, just, just one person could have identified, isolated, and stopped the abuse, maybe even before it started. And I looked at the tools that we have today and realized that technology is is such a, a so rapidly usable and gooey and and our young people just they it's so it's like it's the number one tool we can use not only to identify but also to isolate and stop abuse and so that's why i got involved with zeroabuse.ai which is a tool that is using decades of data within the Catholic Church to assess the patterns of behavior that the church takes when they see that someone might be a sexual predator. And then- um, hold, hold on a minute. Uh, <laughs> you may be extremely curious. <clears throat> you just said, okay, you take loads of data and then you do an assessment on that data. How yes. were the how was that data gathered in the first place? Where did it come from? In the United States, because of the income tax code, mm -hmm. the Catholic Church produces something called the official Catholic Directory. 
And that official Catholic directory lists every employee, every um, institution, every school, everything. And it's a great big thick book they put out every year. And it helps them retain their tax exempt status within the United States. And you take it year by year by year and you can see the assignment histories of every priest within a diocese. And so we know by our experience, how the church tends to react when there's an allegation of sexual abuse. They transfer the person, they send them to a specific location where we know that there's a treatment center, that person is put on sick leave, or they're shuttled out of the country, or someone has just moved around a lot. Um, They're isolated into areas where um, the primary language is not English, which is a very popular one. So they'll shunt people down to the border where um, vulnerable immigrant populations are not likely to report because they're afraid of deportation and things like that. So um, what we're able to do is take all the data from the uh, directories. And and this, of course, is this is a work in progress because COVID really dealt us a blow as far as getting the technology moving. And then apply what we know and then ask the AI to show us what we don't know. Because when we go in there and say, this is what they do when there's an allegation of abuse, that's our bias. Um, But there could be hundreds of things we don't know. So, and so we're, our hope is that in the end, the AI will know and understand or you know, begin the learning process and be able to tell us patterns that are seen in the behavior. Now, this doesn't say someone is a perpetrator. It just says there's a weird pattern of behavior you need to see yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And, but this is historical data. This is 50, going back 50, 60 some odd years. We'd go back to World War II. And it's it, when it is launched, which... It will be in the future. It could be an extraordinarily robust tool that can be applied in various circumstances and other institutions that have this kind of historical data. But I realize that this is, again, historical. And what do we do? I mean, it's how do we help from this point on? Because there's we have things in place to help these people, sort of. We're doing our best. But there's not a whole lot happening over here in the future. And so... Um, the zero abuse AI is, is looking at that, but then that's when I was brought on to spot the line because they are really focusing on the front line. And and, and this is interesting too, because it's a, (coughs) a woman owned company that is not tech people. So they see the problem and then we're getting the tech to do it. And I'm like probably one of the more techie people involved. Um, and that's super important because we find that when you have a tech company that tries to implement these changes, it's um, not really user friendly. I know what a mom needs. I know what a youth serving organization needs. I know all this stuff. I understand the technology and I'm bringing that together. And so with Spot the Line, what we're doing is um, we're creating tools that can help individual users and organizations, whether they're companies or youth serving organizations, identify, isolate, and stop things like sexual harassment and predatory grooming. And then we'll move on from there as soon as those two tools are launched. And we expect the sexual harassment tool to be launched in the fall. Okay. Um, I'm making some assumptions based on your story and it raises a lot of questions with me. Uh, First of all, I'll say you, you have the benefit of a well-defined historical record data set yes. for a very specific um, uh, audience. Correct. So, <clears throat> how do you cope 
when uh, you don't have that data set because uh, you need that data somehow, I believe. Okay, or can That's, you yeah. make use of the trends and then look elsewhere? So how does uh, technology help you there? Well, and that's what the isolation of, of patterns that we're not seeing is helpful. Um, and that's where AI is really going to step in. And you've really hit the nail on the head there because, I mean, some institutions do have historical data. But for example, let's look at the Boy Scouts. Mm -hmm. The Boy Scouts have volunteers. Most of their data, most of their notes are handwritten. Very difficult. All needs to be, you know, and the AI is, you know, it's, it's a whole different step for the AI and how you handle a volunteer is very different than how you handle a priest who's ordained. And we believe that it's finding the patterns that we don't instantly see mm -hmm. that's really going to be helpful and applicable for other institutions that are looking to ensure that their policies, patterns, and procedures in dealing with allegations of sexual assault against children are handled, uh, you know, they're, they're seeing that, you know, they'll be able to apply it to their own data and say, hey, we're seeing these patterns here, there could be a problem. So it's, it's a work in progress, and it really depends on um, taking the data that current institutions have, many of which, because of the switch over to technology, they have so much more than than what we knew you know they it's it's no longer you know when you're written up it's just something in your file your file is now digitally recorded and so someone like starbucks could apply this because they probably have a good 20 years of solid data they've always been very technologically oriented and they do have an his, a historical problem of sexual harassment of teenage workers that that's something that they could they could then evaluate their own patterns of behavior as well as I, using spot the lines tool to and these companies are totally different to identify sexual harassment happening right now. So it's it, it it's a, it's a two pronged approach that I think can be very very helpful in the case of um, companies that are already adopting technology. I got it. Um, so. You use the data to train an engine to look for trends. Correct. Um, how do you make certain that that engine isn't looking for false positives? How do you ensure that uh, you're not judging, blaming people without? Uh, it's, it's essentially a bit like a based on hearsay. So. Uh, oh yeah. Well, and it's not. So it it isolates patterns, <laughs> not individuals. So. Yeah. Um, it's the goal of this kind of soft of this kind of software and AI is not to say, oh, Fritz is a bad actor. It's to say, in your organizations, we have identified these patterns that deviate in how these people are moved. Now, sometimes AI won't know that it's isolating a sexual predator. It will just know this isolating patterns that deviate from the norm and then alerting us. So. Um, in the case of the Catholic Church, for example, the pattern of movements of a predator and someone who is going to become bishop or the pope is very similar because the predator is moved around because they're trying to shuttle them and the good guy is moved. They're trying to push him up because like, oh, he's a superstar. Let's make him in charge of this and this and this. And so they move around more. So it's really, it is a learning process. It's not identifying individuals, but identifying patterns, which is what's super important 
to, for the application to someone like a Starbucks or someone like a IBM or whatever, or Google, someone has a large uh, data set of employee records and can say, gosh, you know, what deviates from the norm? And we have seen that these certain deviations can possibly mean X, Y, and Z, and it needs further evaluation. But it definitely needs human evaluation. This is this is a partnership. Same thing with Spot the Line. You know, you can't just say, oh, this is what it needs, human intervention, because the only way to stop these crimes is through the education and information of people for the deterrence and to ensure that we, you know, that we don't allow these behaviors to continue. Got it. So what kind of hurdles are you facing uh, looking at the technology uh, to get where you want it to go? Um, for zero abuse AI right now, it's, it's serious, it's financial and COVID, COVID did deal us a blow and it's realizing that we took on a lot and trying to figure out where to go with what, what's the best direction to take and what kind of partners to bring on. So we're definitely in the infancy there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and the nice thing is that because of our involvement in groups like this, because of our involvement with um, the uh, ITU and AI for good and things like that, we're aware of it right away. Mm -hmm. And I am a proponent of, if you have to shelve your technology because it could become a beast, you yeah. shelve your technology as opposed to, you know, just writing it and putting it out there and realizing that you've created this horrible beast that is now very, very intrusive. And I think that's that's a huge accountability and trust factor too that we, we need to see within technology. And technology companies, <coughs> whether they're someone like a Spot the Line or a Google or a Zero Abuse AI or whatever, need to take accountability first. So that's why when we look at the social media giants, um, like the, a spot the line tool will be a perfect white label integration into that. Um, and there's such a lack of trust with people and how the social media um, giants are interacting with them because so much of it is algorithm based and they didn't come from the accountability standpoint and step back. They came back and said, oh, we're getting, we're in trouble. Yeah. Throw something out there because we got to do something now. And I mean, I, I'm not really faulting them. I mean, they, when you look at Facebook, Granted, Mark Zuckerberg probably didn't think that he'd be dealing with what he's dealing with now. <laughs> so yeah. his 20 year plan really didn't include all this. Yeah. But other companies do have that capability. And in a world where ransomware and bad tech and malware are so prevalent, the more that we can make it a, an ingrained human behavior that we always take accountability in first, and we always take crime prevention in first and protection of vulnerable populations first and lack of bias first. We may see less products, but better technology because we've taken that accountability in the, into the score. Okay, now <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying to imagine now, uh, although you mentioned it's early stage, but uh, what the end goal is going to be. So is this going to be an app on your phone? Is this going to be integrated in my social media platform? 
uh, it's going to be used by governments to monitor society. Uh, where is it going to work? Well, um, so as far as zerobeast.ai, this is, you know, we, we need to, um, at first, we were like, wow, this could turn into predictive policing and nobody wants predictive policing. And so we really see it more as a crime deterrence mm -hmm. um, because especially in the United States, we're such a litigious society. Um, the insurance companies have a pretty strong role as far as progressive prevention because they, they're sick of being sued and dealing with all that. And so we see it as um, a tool for isolation, isolation and deterrence of crimes and being able to act when before you may not have had all the information. So if you see these deviations of behavior from the norm, you're able to have a human go in and investigate and say, hey, we have an issue here. So we see that on a corporate level um, and with insurance companies and things like that. The integration as far, I mean, and that's that's the beginning phases. Where it could go from there, again, we have to be very, very careful. Um, with Spot the Line, we will have an app that a user can download on their phone, individual user. Then we'll also have an enterprise version that can be used for the sexual harassment meter by HR departments of large corporations and companies and so on and so forth. And with the um, predatory grooming meter, which will isolate and identify possible predatory grooming, that will be in youth serving organizations, schools, and so on and so forth. But then we have a whole other deal with that because in the enterprise version, they will be able to collect data. Yep. So we need, it'll be an anonymous tool, but we need to create it and create the dashboard in a way that the data that's created is empowering and empowering to the individual user. And because someone is not gonna use it if they think, well, gosh, I'm being tracked. Whereas instead, if we take the individual user into account and say, we're not tracking what we're doing is we, on this enterprise version, we're using AI to track patterns of behavior that can help start, stop larger scales of abuse. What would you want people to know about what is happening with, with your instance right now? We don't have your name. We don't have this, we don't have that. And so it's really about trust. Um, accountability goes both ways. So you need to really incorporate the end user and ask their input as well as um, making sure that, you know, all the, all the actors are working in accordance. And also with the elimination of bias, um, especially in communities in the United States that are so dramatically diverse and taking into account all of the cultural positions that could play a role into how people react to certain kinds of behavior. Okay. Am I assuming that uh, for the moment, uh, the States is your target market? Right now, yes, the United no. States. For, <laughs> um, for zero abuse AI, uh, right now we realize that we need to start small and um, understanding the US market is probably our best move unless we can bring on a European partner who has the, you know, kind of, no. um, and then with Spot the Line, it's definitely a US product because we're dealing with US, Canada. Um, it would be applicable in English speaking languages I, or English speaking countries. I do take that back. But the sexual harassment meter 
because it's being used in the enterprise version in corporations within the United States, right now it deals with US laws. But that's an, that's an easy tweak. We could always bring in um, you know, European partners, African partners, Asian partners, and be like, okay, what are your laws? Let's apply those laws. And then we'll be able to create, because that's the beauty of the AI, you know, it's, it, it's, you can really create a very robust tool that is very specific to your area, region, country laws, blah, 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 blah. So it sounds to me that uh, even just creating or having a discussion how to create this technology, uh, is a deterrent in itself. Uh, yeah. So it's it's helping for good because <clears throat> you're threatening people to be exposed using technology. Well, you know, if you go into an organization and let's say uh, the Boys and Girls Club of the United States is, is huge, it's everywhere. They take they need tons of volunteers. They have excellent programs, and you know, it's, but if I'm if I want to sexually abuse kids, that's where I'm going to volunteer because that's where they yeah. are. Yeah. But if I go into my local boys and girls club and I see that they're like, hey, we are even in the beta testing of this great app mm -hmm. that you will have in your hand that will be able to show and isolate behaviors that someone might, you know, so, you know, someone can say all these suspicious behaviors and you're a predator. You're like, I'm not going to work here. They're going to find me out right away mm -hmm. and they go somewhere else. And so, and it's the same thing when it, because it gives people your average Joe who, you know, I'm very well versed in all of this, but I forget what I know and what other people don't know. And so, so many people walk around with little hairs in the back of their neck, standing up saying, I saw something, but I don't know what to do. But now I have this app that gives me a third party verification that says, yes, this, these are serious red flags. This is how you intervene. This is, these, these are empowerment tools, so on and so forth. It doesn't, you know, it, it's not predictive policing, it's not any of that stuff. It empower, it gives a person tools that we are also developing, you know, because you can't just tell someone, oh, it's bad. You have to tell them these are the next steps that you take. And so we've created these empowerment tools that empower people. Now, anywhere this person goes with the app and the, a predator sees that, they're like, well, I'm not gonna even hang out with that family. I'm not gonna hang out in that community. I'm not gonna, I have to go move. You know, I'm out, I'm out of town. Yeah. And so it's an extremely strong deterrent. And um, when people are empowered, we raise children with strong body boundaries and people aren't scared to talk about things like sexual abuse and predation and exploitation and trafficking. And so that's what's, that's, that's what's vital. You know, it's using technology to start that conversation. Uh, I understand given your background that it started with sexual abuse, but uh, I could imagine that <clears throat> once you started going to use this technology, uh, it's going to be, you, it, can, it can be used much more generic. Uh, I mean, uh, abuse, uh, sex could also be uh, found this uh, way. Is this something you're looking into? Correct. Yeah. yeah. There are so many things that can be isolated because things like abuse, harassment, bullying, trafficking, these are all things that happen in the shadows and they thrive there because we don't talk about them. Now, technology can play such a strong role in starting that conversation because you give someone that third party validation that these behaviors are occurring using evidence, AI and patterns of behavior of how these things have happened in the past. 
as well as you know the laws in your country and so on and so forth. And, and beyond that, we give people the empowerment tools to take that next step. Okay, now given that uh, technology is gonna be so powerful, uh, what does this mean in your perspective for the organizations that people providing that, that technology? Well, you know, we, you know, we all need to understand that a company is going to look at the bottom line, yeah. you know, I don't yeah. want to pay a ton of money for some dumb app or so on and so forth. Well, when you are preventing sexual harassment, child sexual abuse, you know, all that stuff, you're, and we partner, spot the line partner with insurance companies, suddenly your insurance rates go down. If we partner with, um, you know, legal organizations, suddenly laws are changed to empower these organizations to apply apps like this. If we partner with nonprofits, we're able to bring in other, so there's, there's so much possibility that, and especially for a company who wants to achieve social good for the, the people working for them, we're really helping the bottom line. Because if you don't give a company a financial incentive, unfortunately, they're not gonna be all excited. So that financial incentive isn't that our product is cheap, it's that our product is gonna not only save lives, but it's gonna save money. It's gonna save insurance premiums and legal fees and this and that and so on and so forth. That's quite a big promise. So um, how can we help you? How can the Institute for Accountability help you achieve that goal you just described? Well, it's, you know, you're doing it right now by having these conversations, by getting the word out, by um, understanding that by coming from a place of accountability first and spreading the word about that and using companies like Spot the Line or Zero Abuse, whatever, as an example, we can change how the world thinks about technology because right now, you know, people are one of two views. One, I can't do anything. I'm just, you know, internet yeah. user. Or two, the internet's all bad. We need to find that middle ground, which is we are empowered users coming from a place of accountability and not accountability by fault or default, which is where it is right now. You know, people are accountable because they've been sued or fined or threatened to be shut down or people are mad or so on and so forth. And what you're doing um, with the Institute is completely changing that conversation. And by bringing in tech and creating a, a majority voice of people saying, we start with accountability and we move on from there, that's, that's where we're all really going to make a change and continuing to have these conversations about companies like Spot the Line and Zero Abuse and so on and so forth. Uh, great. Well, we're definitely going to help you there to uh, get that word out. Now, I've got one more final question for you, Joelle. Uh, describe your ideal world. Oh, my ideal world, uh, technologically speaking, would be one where every time my kid turned on a screen, I could sit back and say, he's safe. He's going to learn something cool. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a great conversation afterwards. And uh, yeah, so that's that's what I'm working for. Great. I, now, I really support that vision, also having two daughters. I want them to grow up in a safe world. So 
uh, I really want to thank you for making your time to uh, share with uh, us what you're doing. And uh, we'll definitely help you spread the word uh, and doing good. Joel, awesome. Thank, thank you, you so much, Fritz.